takes 360 degrees High high 360 degrees High high 306 306 360 degrees High high Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. This show is written, produced, and engineered in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known as the Bay Area. Stay with us tonight as we bring you the voice, strength, and leadership of United Farm Workers organizer Dolores Suerte. And we have some special sounds for you you haven't heard yet this week. On tonight's show, you will listen to some exclusive pieces, an exclusive full circle recording of a speech by Dolores delivered at the 50th anniversary gathering of the 1965 grape strike and boycott in Delano. You will listen to an exclusive full circle interview with Jessica Congdon, co-writer and editor of the film Dolores. And this is because we are featuring the film Rebel, Activist, Feminist, Mother, Dolores. And tonight, we ask you to support this platform that is public radio, KPFA, and support the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, which runs this show full circle. This apprenticeship program was designed to help women, people of color, and underrepresented communities get into radio media. So again, thank you for joining us tonight on Full Circle. We are your host. I'm Prewell and Franklin. And I'm Sara Blanco. Stay with us. Greetings, and again, welcome to Full Circle. Tonight, we, the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program, are once again doing our part to help raise funds to keep this iconic station on the air. And tonight, again, we are featuring the energy, the legend, the living legend of Dolores Huerta, including what she means to others, as well as what she means to myself. So, Dolores was born in a small mining town in New Mexico in 1930. And, yeah, 1930. And she's still raising heck to this present day. So, her parents split when she was three years old. And then she went to be raised by her mother in Stockton, California, which is my first connection because I have a special place in my heart to the Central Valley. So, shout out to those of you in the Central Valley who are listening. According to Dolores, her mother's independence and entrepreneurial spirit was one of the primary reasons she became a feminist. Dolores' mother, Alicia, was known for her kindness and compassion towards others, and we can see that Dolores has taken that to heart herself. Tonight, we look forward to exploring the life of Dolores Huerta and sharing with you what we find, so you can share it with others who may not know her story. We are in the first week of our fall fun drive, and our gifts to you tonight are Dolores, the movie that was produced by a team for PBS, and that has director Peter Bratt and executive producer Carlos Santana. We're also offering audio from the Pacifica archives, which are speeches and interviews with Dolores Huerta herself. But to kick us off tonight, we want to bring you something different from Dolores 
herself. This is important sound, not because not only because she's speaking, but because it was recorded through a collective work between three KPFA shows. In 2015, First Voice Apprentices, Sarah Blanco, Sylvia Torres, and myself, Freewill and Franklin, joined members of the La Honda, La Onda Bajita crew and Flashpoints crew and headed south to Delena, California, to attend and cover the 50th anniversary of the 1965 Grape Strike and Boycott. In attendance were original strikers from that year and the organizers alongside... Excuse me. In attendance were original strikers and organizers alongside celebrity and political supporters such as Chris Christopherson and Bobby Kennedy and more. As we all celebrated on the UFW grounds, Dolores was introduced. Let's take a listen. Our next speaker is one of the giants of the farm workers and the civil rights and women's movements. She walked these 40 acres. She led and inspired in nearly every aspect of the movement, from organizing and striking to boycotting and negotiation and lobbying. As an enduring icon of the movement, she continues organizing and leading and inspiring, including through her, the work of the Dolores Huerta Foundation. She has received numerous awards, including the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama. Ladies and gentlemen, she really needs no introduction. Please help me, help me welcome my friend, Dolores Huerta. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I would give a little bit of historical perspective. Uh, because often uh, when you see the movie and things like that about Cesar, uh, people think, oh, Cesar walked into the field and, and all the workers came out on strike. No, it didn't happen that way at all. We started organizing here in Delano in 1962, okay? With a few, meaning with a few people, farm workers, a few at a time. You saw Maria Magaña Saludados a minute ago. She had the first house meeting at her house, right there. Maria, the first house meeting in Delano, in early March, was at her house. And this is the way that the workers were organized, poquito a poquito, juntos, a few at a time, to convince them that they had power, right? that they had power, that they could organize, that they could change things, that they didn't have to depend on anybody to do it for them, that they could do it for themselves. And this is a message I hope that we all take away from the Farm Workers Union, that we have to continue the legacy, to continue to organize, to, to continue to be involved, to continue to be active. And another bit of history. You know, it was three years of organizing from 1962 to 1965 before we had that big, major Delano strike. But there were a couple of other little strikes before that. There was a strike in the Woodville Labor Camp. Anybody remember the Woodville Labor Camp strike? Yes. And uh, we actually have a woman here, leaders of that strike, and I want to introduce her, Connie Pettis. Would you stand up, Connie? Get over here so people can see you. Connie Pettis, and she is now a successful accountant and she has helped the kids in that labor camp so that they can go to schools like Harvard and here's one of them right here. 
He has just graduated from Harvard. Stand up, okay? Stand up so people can see you. And this is what it's all about. It's about empowerment and making sure that our kids get a quality education. Uh, so this is what the Farm Workers Movement is about. Thank you. Connie Perez. Don't forget that name, everybody. Connie Perez, all right? So, you know, when we think about the movement and the impact that it had, and not only here, and sometimes when the farm workers, some of the workers that are here, some of the people who really sacrificed and lost their homes, they lost their homes, they lost everything uh, to make sure uh, that we would be able to win. And then, of course, we had all these wonderful young volunteers and all the boycott volunteers. Stand up for a quick moment, huh? All the boycott volunteers. And remember, they were working for $5 a week, all right? $5 a week. And then they had to get all of their uh, food from donations and uh, people had brought us clothes and donations and that's the way that people lived for the five years until we were able to win through that uh, wonderful uh, grape boycott. And so we, when we think of the impact of the Delano grape strike, not only, of course, when people went out there, all the farm workers that went to all of the cities uh, to do the work that they did, and so many of them are here today, and I hope you really get a chance to talk to them. I always like to mention one person in particular, Marcos Munoz, okay, is Marcos in the house. Marcos, who thought he was going to Barstow, because he had a girlfriend in Barstow, and he ended up in Boston, in Boston. But he was the first one to clean that city out of, out of table grapes. What courage these people had, you know? Oh, there's Marcos, there's Marcos way in the back over there. Marcos. Marcos could not read or write in Spanish or English, but he taught everybody from Harvard and Yale and Brandeis and Boston University to man his picket lines, okay? That's what an organizer does. So, you know, we have to continue this because we know that the gains that we won for the farm workers here in California, other workers throughout the country do not have them, except for the toilets, okay? We did get the toilets in the fields, and we called the cold drinking water, and, uh, but uh, all the other things, the right to organize, unemployment insurance, which, by the way, Reagan vetoed three times in a row, you know? So we have to remember that our work is not finished, that we have to continue the work, we have to continue the organizing. One more thing, we have got to make sure we get involved in voting, this is the legacy of the union. We got people registered to vote, and we made them get out to vote so that we can get good people to represent them, okay? So, I want to just say a couple of vivas. Que viva la Unión de Campesinos! All right. Everybody, again, one more time. Si se puede, si se puede, si se Si se puede. Dolores, her voice, always an inspiration. You're listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA, Pacifica Radio. And that beautiful and eloquent address we just heard was given at the 50th anniversary of the Grape Strike and boycott on location from the historic 40-acre site in Deleno, California back in 2015. So my second connection is Deleno, California. I used to spend my, my summers there, so a, a very dear place in my heart. And bringing you this type of sound is really just one of the things that we do at first at the First Voice Apprenticeship Program here at KPFA and, and what we do at Full Circle 
And also, a heads up, we will post that speech and others on our website at kpfaapprentice.org. And coming up in just a moment, we're going to be joined by one of the writers of the film about Dolores' life, Jessica Congdon. The film, Dolores, Rebel, Activist, Feminist, Mother. This film takes an in-depth look at the complexity of Dolores' life. We are featuring Dolores Huerta tonight for her strength and her resiliency and because she is a role model for us. So, as far as Deleno's concern, I wanted to mention again how important that place is to me and I connect with the plight. So I had family who worked in the fields in Deleno, and though very few do now, many did back then. Back then, I remember my mom telling me stories about how her and dad and the and the boys, because she had a, her sons then, would have to travel seasonally to follow the work wherever it was, right in Kern County and beyond. I wanted to share one story that she would tell me. Um, she would laugh as she would say that one time, one of my brothers got them kicked out of one of their seasonal jobs. So when they were working in, in the grapes, the grapes would be laid out on these very large flat boards. And the one of the supervisors caught one of my brothers sliding across all of the boards like a slip and slide of grapes. And of course, destroying the grapes. And it wasn't a winery, right? Because so, of total destruction. My mom would laugh as she was telling it, but obviously no one was laughing when they they kicked her out of the camp. You know, she never told me sad stories about those times. So I, I do romanticize the times that they must have had in the fields. But you know, or you may or may not know the plight of farm laborers, right? First and foremost, they're incredibly skilled. And it takes a lot of tenacity to care for, grow, and harvest our food. And then there's the conditions that they work in and the pay. Maybe you're a farm laborer yourself, or you have family that are, or that were, or maybe you just share in wanting to understand the struggle and share it with those around you. So we're proud to present Dolores the movie and the speeches tonight. I resonate with her. Uh, the times resonate with her. And we want to give out the numbers so you could support us during this hour. The number is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Or if you're online, you can go to kpfa.org. Give us a click, give us a call, and get yourself the film, Dolores, Rebel Activist Feminist Mother. This film was just open to the film festivals and limited released last year. Let me give you the number one more time, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA or online at kpfaapprentice.org. But now let's get back and learn more about the movie. Um, before we bring in our interview with co-writer and editor Jessica Congdon, let's hear the trailer for the movie. Dolores is an icon. She's a civil rights hero. She's the first general that I followed into war. She's not afraid to speak truth to power. Dolores Huerta, who is an old friend of mine. The FBI knew how dangerous Dolores was. Dolores came up with the slogan, Si se puede. Yes, we can. You are a young girl growing up in America in the 40s. You must have had a dream. 
After I had seen the miserable conditions of farm workers, Cesar Chavez said, we have to organize a union. So you had this ambience all around you that you could really change the world. The Dion question the largest gathering on behalf of farm workers in California history. I wish they'd all go back to where they came from. We have no labor troubles. She wasn't asking for permission. She just did what needed to be done. She has such a firm belief in what she's doing. We've never given up. That she infects you with it. 90,000 people were poisoned in the fields of the United States of America. The farm workers founded the whole idea of environmental justice. Men were threatened by her power. She's a very volatile individual. She's an insult. People wanted to see her in a more traditional role. I left a couple of my children behind. That's part of the sacrifice that we made and that we had to make. And it still pains me when I think about it. People in power have no idea of the true heroes of this country. I would not have been able to see what's hidden in the fields of our country without Dolores. We're in knee-deep in sexism when it comes to why she isn't studied and why people don't know her. Latina girls need to see statues of you. We have set the record straight. I mean, women cannot be written out of history. Welcome back to Full Circle. You just heard the trailer from the movie Dolores, rebel, activist, feminist mother. Some of the voices you heard in that audio, Professor Angela Davis and former President Barack Obama. Tonight, we are offering this film to you for a pledge of $130. Please, if you can, right now, give us a call and show your support for the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. This is KPFA's premier training program that brings regular folks, Dry Long So, into this station to share our stories, our histories. There is no spin in our programming. It's just stories we share, either from our own experiences or from the people we talk with directly directly and share with you. If that is something you can support, the number is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA or online at kpfa.org. Give us a click, give us a call, and get yourself the film Dolores, Rebel Activist Feminist Mother. Dolores Huerta is among the most important yet least known activist in American history books. Um, she was an equal partner in co-founding the first farm workers union with Cesar Chavez and her enormous contributions had gone largely unrecognized. Up next to help shed some light on the life of this incredible woman, we have an interview with one of the writers of the film, Jessica Congdon. And Jessica has a long list of projects she's worked on, including documentaries such as The Mask You Live In, Misrepresentation, and Race to Nowhere. Her last and one of her greatest challenges was to, most recent, and one of her greatest challenges was to share the life of Dolores Huerta. Jessica is also the co-founder of Umlaut Films in San Francisco. Again, we would like for you to call us and donate right now, 1-800-439-5732. would be a pledge to get your gift for Dolores. Let's listen to the interview. Jessica, welcome to Full Circle here on KPFA. Thank you so much for having me. 
Now, Jessica, you have a long list of projects and some great documentaries. You've been doing film and documentaries for about 15 years, you were saying. A couple such as The Mask You Live In, which is covering young men and masculinity, and also Race to Nowhere, which is kind of an inside look into our schools and our educational system. And then, of course, the film we're going to be talking about tonight, Dolores. What is it about documentary films that attracts you to work on documentary films? You know, I started out as an editor working in commercials, and then I started doing some features. And uh, when I did my first documentary film as an editor, I just really took to the format of documentaries. There's so much about the story that's unveiled in the editing and the writing process. You're dealing with real people, real stories, and to me, that's riveting. It's more interesting than than anything you could write, frankly. So I've always really been drawn to them. In addition to that, I, I personally learned so much by tackling these big issues. And at the end of that process of, of editing one of these films, I come away with just such a richer knowledge of that topic. So uh, I just really love it. And that's great that you could pass that on through your films and help educate us. So I thank you for that. Well, Dolores Huerta is such an iconic figure in history. What was it like and how did you take the responsibility in trying to tell her story in just the length of a feature length film? When Peter Bratt approached me to edit this film, I was intimidated, daunting. I mean, it's it's a huge um, and important topic. I think the thing that struck me the most was that I personally, growing up, I did grow up on the East Coast, but in my schooling, I had never heard of her. I had heard of Cesar Chavez, but Dolores was not part of my education, and I was sort of angry about that. <laughs> I was angry that her story was not a common, uh, commonly known one, and I thought that it was a really important story to tell. And the other thing that surprised me was once we started digging in and finding this archival, there was actually a ton of it. I mean, there's just this really rich amount of historical footage that features her and that was even made it even more shocking that I didn't know about her and that she wasn't part of our curriculum. So um, th- we worked with an incredible archivist who did a lot of research and found this amazing footage, outtakes from a CBS interview that she had done in 1976 that nobody had ever seen before, including her children. It was the only moving footage that, that was filmed of them in their childhoods, and when they saw it for the first time, they were in tears because it was just so um, powerful. So that was a big part of the editorial process was all, all the archival we, we used. The other thing that was really important to both Peter and I was to tell the story of this woman, her personal narrative, which, you know, plays like a feature film because it has so many uh, ups and downs, so many hills and valleys. And yet use that as, as the, the narrative structure. And yet through that, you're telling this timeline of, of a real rich history and you're able to get into all these issues, classism, racism, sexism, it's all in there. But you have this rock star protagonist who's carrying you along to tell the story. That's interesting. And you talked about using archival footage and old interviews and stuff. Tell us, how did you tell her story as filmmakers? One of the the great things about working with Peter Bratt is that he comes from narrative films. So he um, works, we work together to, to write almost a script as if it were a narrative script. You know, you had an act one and an act two and an act three. But of course, we were working with transcripts of actual interviews that that we had done with characters. So 
obviously Dolores's interview herself was was a basis of that. We interviewed all 11 of her children. She had 11 children, as well as lots of people who were involved in the movement. Luminaries like Gloria Steinem, Angela Davis um, were in there as well, Luis Valdez, and people who were really intimate with that time period and also were able to give this historical perspective of how important her work was. And so what we wanted to do was definitely to educate, but also to make people understand the sort of personal sacrifice that goes into the important work that Dolores does. And uh, certainly her children were affected by that in, in the sense that she was married to the cause, you know, married to, the, to the, the labor union that she was representing, but she took her kids along with her. And, you know, despite the fact that she may not have been around in the sort of typical sense of a mother, um, she embedded the, the idea of social justice into all of her kids. And now they're all social justice advocates in one way, shape or form. So the the personal story was very important to us, but but like I said, we wanted that thread to let you to to give you an insight into these issues that she was touching throughout her life. That kind of leads me into what I wanted to ask next, because the film is actually titled Dolores, Rebel Activist Feminist Mother. And I think most of us who are somewhat familiar with Dolores's story are most familiar with her, her rebel attitude, her outspokenness, her activism. But what we're not as aware of most likely is her acts in feminism and as a mother. Can you touch on what you learned about her work as, as it comes to being in feminism? And then also you touched a little bit on her children, but talk about the mother as well. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting evolution that she had personally. I mean, she was involved in the, in the labor union from, from a young age, and that was definitely at the core of her activism. But uh, she was deeply Catholic. And then when she met some of the women who were involved in the, the feminist movement, you know, her first <laughs> instinct was to get them interested in the labor movement and get them to boycott great. But what she found was that a lot of the causes that they were fighting for affected her as, as well. Um, and she, I mean, it's sort of the birth of intersectionality, right? When you, when you realize that if you have a common enemy, <laughs> you really need to be fighting together. So, you know, Gloria Steinem became a real ally for her. And she herself went through an evolution where she realized that women's issues were things that she needed to be fighting for, too. She wasn't just fighting for the for Latinos, but she was fighting for Latinas. And, and that became an important part of her advocacy going back to, to the union and really looking at the causes through a feminist lens. And then you mentioned the kids. So as a mother, what was some of the interesting parts of the story that you learned how she handled being a mother in this movement? What was fascinating is that she's, she's really unapologetic about her commitment to the, the cause. And she realizes that there were times when she was away a lot, traveling quite a bit, and left her kids in the care of friends and, and neighbors and people in the, in the community. And she realizes that that was hard for them. But at the same time, she doesn't apologize for it because the cause was so important to her. And she felt that it, as she was fighting for these, these issues, this had to be done. And I think that her kids realized that, too. It was a sacrifice that all of them had to make. And if she wasn't willing to, to fight and be a strong uh, voice for these issues, 
then who would she be? And and so it was important for her to model that for for her children. But like I said, what what is interesting is that, that now they have they have nothing but but love and respect for the work that she does. A lot of them have followed her into the cause and are part of her Dolores Huerta Foundation. And she just has a very very strong familial core, and um, they're around her and supporting her in so many ways. So it's it's a really beautiful story about how. Mothers in particular, um, sort of, <laughs> none of us have any excuse for, for not being social advocates for the things that we feel um, are, are important to us and to not feel like we can't just take our kids along and make them be part of the movement with us. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I look forward to seeing all that. Well, Jessica, you worked on this film for a couple of years. What was it like learning so much about Dolores and how did all this contact and all this witnessing of this amazing work inspire you? It was such an honor to work on this. I think one of the, the most important things that I've come away with is how much this film has resonated with a new generation of young people who, who realize that organizing is at the core of what needs to happen, especially in this, in this day and age. I think, you know, just personally, it was important for me to tell the story of a strong, powerful, badass woman and a woman of color and somebody who just represented so much fierceness and, and power and realize that it's a question of who's controlling the narrative. Why isn't her story out there? So just telling her story to begin with was important to me, but then to be able to see how it's resonating with young people who say, this is the first time I've seen our story on screen in such, an, in such a wonderful way, that just makes my, my work worth everything. I mean, that, those, those responses from young people are, are the most important thing for me in doing this work. So, yeah, the, the inspiration that she just has provided both me personally and, and knowing about her story and that I know she's now able to give to young people just by having her story on screen is what, you know, documentary film is all about. That's great that you can share that and we can teach the young people with this film. You mentioned a little bit about these times that we're living in. How do you see this film, Dolores, fitting in in these times and kind of educating people with the attacks that we see on the immigrant community and um, just a general fear that's in the air. How does your film fit in in this time? One of my favorite quotes from Dolores is, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. I think the biggest lesson that I learned from, from this film and that I hope people will, will learn is just this idea that that. There is an America that's not being represented. And Dolores herself was, was born in California. She's an American through and through. And this idea that brown people or people of color are not Americans or worthy of being called Americans is the biggest insult, right? And I think that what's so important is that young people feel empowered that they are do every right that, that an American has. And this, this fear and this anxiety about, you know, people taking other people's jobs is, is just a myth and is being used for political gain. And so I think that there's, there's just this momentum that, that is happening of, of young people just like taking control of their stories, realizing their stories are important, realizing that they want to see more of themselves on screen uh, to empower them to, to get out there and, and use their voice in whatever way they can. That's the power of documentary film is, is to educate and to empower. 
That's great. Now, I've been speaking here with Jessica Congdon, and she is the co-writer and editor of Dolores, Rebel, Activist, Feminist, Mother. And Jessica, before we let you go, it's been great to hear all this um, interesting work that you've done and how you've been inspired by this. But you are an independent filmmaker. You work in independent media. How important is it for us and for listeners to know that we should be supporting independent film and independent media such as KPFA? Yeah, you know, I have to say that it's been a wonderful time to be a filmmaker. I think that people are really responding to documentary right now in this day and age because there are these stories that are that are coming out that are so important but what it does say to me is that the value of journalism and i don't consider myself a journalist in any regard i consider myself a storyteller but it's very much in line with independent journalism independent film independent radio stations are key to giving people the truth and to helping people understand the world around them so I think our work is more important than ever, and that's why it is incredibly important for people to, to support that work. Thank you very much. That's the voice of Jessica Congdon, the co-writer and editor of the film Dolores, rebel, activist, feminist, mother, and she's been speaking with us tonight on Full Circle. Thank you very much for taking the time out, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Franklin, for doing that interview with uh, co-writer and editor of the film Dolores. That was Jessica Congdon. Thank you. Show us your support for KPFA Public Radio and the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. We're out here, boots on the ground, bringing you sights and sounds. You can support us right now by calling toll-free 1-800-439-5732. For a donation of $130, and you don't have to pay it all at once, you can do a a portion monthly, you can get the movie, um, Dolores. It's an amazing documentary for only $130. And we want to give out, um, oh, actually, we were just handed a match. Let me put that out there. Uh, We have a $260 match from Ellie in Emeryville, Suzanne in Fresno, Kendra in Guerneville and Mark in Los Gatos. They have pooled together their uh, donations to make a match for us, and we thank you. That means that every time you donate, then your money is doubled, and we have just to the end of the show to make that $260. Also, we have some shout-outs for some people that made some donations. Some donations. Uh, thank you, Cesar in Oakland, and Virginia, and Roberta, and Frank from Antioch, They are also known as Grandma, Mom, and Dad. (laughs) Thank you all. And I'm looking for Steph, which would be my sister. So I told her I was going to call her out on the air. She don't donate. So Steph Sterling, come on out. Uh, Your brother's (laughs) waiting for you. And tonight, we are also offering the Pacifica Radio. In addition to the film, we are also offering the Pacifica Radio Archives collection of Dolores Huerta as well. This collection includes Dolores Huerta, Taking a Stand in History, when Dolores brings her Take a Stand in History lecture to the University of Houston. That was recorded in February of 2006. On that USB, we also have The Struggle is Far From Over, an interview by Bill Northwood and three members of the United Farm Workers Organizing Committee. Um, That speech 
and some speeches with Dolores are also peppered throughout that talk. Uh, that was broadcast on June 11th, 1971, right here on KPFA, and that's the year I was born. Also, we have Dolores Huerta, 88th birthday celebration. This is a From the Vault episode, and it celebrates Dolores Huerta's 88th birthday, which was broadcast live April 10th, 2018 on KPFK. So, non-violence in the farm workers movement, Dolores Huerta addresses attendees of a biographical sketch of her life in Fresno in 1995. So we're going to be listening to that. Um, I'd like to remind you that all that can be yours for a donation of one, $120 or it's for $120. And if you would like, ignore me, uh, or if you would like the film, um, Dolores, uh, the life of Dolores Huerta and the Pacifica Radio Archives together, you could have the package for $240. So that's the film, Dolores, for $130, or the Pacifica Radio Archives for $120, or both for $240. But also, if you can't afford that, just a reminder that the KPFA local station board elections are just around the corner. And that, um, you are a voting member if you contribute $25 to the station. So... Um, members, $25 a vote in the KPFA local station board election that's coming up. The number to call is 1-800-439-5732, and that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Or you can go online to kpfa.org and donate securely. Give us a click. Give us a call. Get yourself Dolores Rebel Activist Feminist Mother. That's the film. Or you can get the Pacifica Radio Archive Collection or both for $240. And let's give out the number one last time before we get back into our program. The number to call, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Or if you prefer the website, that's kpfa.org. Just pick, uh, click on the donate tab and you can make a secure donation there. Thank you to everyone on the line. If we could just get a few more callers as we go into this next piece so that we can make our match. Thank you all to who of those of you who have called already. We do really appreciate the support. Let's get back to honoring our guest of honor tonight, Dolores Huerta. She has been in the fight for rights, for equal rights for farm workers and women, and really for all people, as we all deserve respect, dignity, and equality, really, no matter who you are. And she's been doing this for 60 years. But you may ask, where is she now? Um, well, she has the Dolores Huerta Foundation, and then she's helping to bring up the next generations of community-based grassroots activists. And if you missed it, just yesterday, as part of She the People, uh, as part of the She the People Summit in San Francisco, she addressed the participants with her usual wit, energy, and leadership. Let's check it out. Uh, thank you very much, Rosie, and I want to thank all of you for being here. Uh, this is what the future looks like. Woo! <laughs> uh, you know, Coretta Scott King uh, once said that we will never have peace in the world until women take power. But I have to amend that statement to say we will never have peace in the world until feminists take power. 
And we know that there's a difference in that because we know that feminists will stand up uh, for immigrants' rights, for environmental rights, uh, for women's reproductive rights, for our environment, and for labor rights. So this is what a feminist looks like. I am on the board of the feminist majority, uh, just uh, uh, to let you all know that. Uh, but when I say that, women need to take power, and we need to take that power at every step of the way. You know, we're all invested now in fighting very hard uh, for our congressional races, for our Senate races, for legislative races, but let's bring it, let's bring it down to the school board level, okay? And I'll tell you why that's important, because as women of color, we have to fight for the generations of our students. We know that unfortunately, uh, the uh, contributions of people of, co of color uh, to the, the building of our United States of America is not taught in our schools. And unless we can get that in there to teach that Native Americans were the first slaves, African slaves built the White House and the Congress, people from Mexico, Mexicans are great by the way, okay? <laughs> That, uh, you know, they till the fields and they build the railroads and they, and to this day we know that our immigrants are toiling there every day to keep our country great. So, but we have to teach this in our schools so that our children of color, our young women of color will have the kind of pride that they deserve and the respect that they deserve. But it's not going to happen unless we go out there and fight for it. And we need to end the racism in our society so that our Anglo children will not have that poison of white privilege and white supremacy. So we need to teach that. So I just say to you, as we are here with She the People, think of how we're going to take that power, how we're going to go out there, we're going to make sure not only that we focus on congressional races and state races, but that we're also going to focus on school board races, water board races, okay? All of these other places where women's voices need to be there. And we know this for certainty, that if we see anywhere that there is a meeting and we see the people that are going to be making decisions about policy, how they're going to spend our tax dollars, and if there are not any feminists at that table, we know that they're going to make the wrong decision, right? So and that means that we have a huge responsibility and we have to go out to our sisters uh, that are not involved. And I want to quote Helen Keller. Uh, who said this, and I'm not going to say this exactly, but she said, science has not been able to find the cure uh, for the greatest evil of all. That evil is apathy. And we know that we have many sisters that are still not enlightened, that are still not realizing that we need their voices in this struggle for justice for the United States of America. So we've got to think about being organizers, recruiting other women, Women, you have the strength, uh, you have the enlightenment, but please remember we have so many sisters out there that are still not with us, that they are still facing domination, they don't know how to get out of this, uh, they have inhibitions, they have their own self-doubts, and we've got to help them erase those self-doubts so that they can realize that they have power and that we need their voices, and we are waiting for them to join us. We know that right now we have this big crisis on the Supreme Court. So how do we do this? How do we stop this? So for those sisters that are from the states where you can really influence your senators, you know, we're so lucky in California because we have Diane Feinstein, you know, and uh, we have Kamala Harris. But if you're from these other states, you know, set up some phone banks, call, start calling people and say, please do not confirm Judge Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court of the United States of America. 
We can do this. We can stop it. But it's going to take a lot of work to do this. You know, I saw Michael Moore, and he is a feminist on Broadway, and he said we have to do three things. When we wake up in the morning, what do we do? You know, we wash our face, we brush our teeth, and now we have to call our senators, okay? <laughs> we have to call our senators. Uh, so I think that we have the power to do this, and I'm calling on all of you uh, to make this happen. We know that there is so much resting on this confirmation, not only women's right to abortion, Women's reproductive rights. We have gay rights. We have labor rights. We have voting rights. Because Judge Kavanaugh, when uh, he was on another court, he was actually part of a decision that deprived over 80,000 people in South Carolina from voting. People of color. So, you know, let's join the sisters that have been out there in the front of creating this great movement that we now have of, of women uh, as, as leaders. Let's join them. Let's organize. Let's make our movement bigger. We know that we can make it happen. So I'm going to ask all a question, and I know you know the answer. And the question is a very simple one. Okay, before I say that, just let me say this. There was a movie made about my work with the Farm Workers Union, and please always honor the people that work with their hands, okay? The farm workers, the hotel workers, all these people that do the heavy lifting for us. And I just want to promote the movie. It's called Dolores, after my name, uh, produced by Carlos Santana. And it's available at our foundation, the Dolores Huerta Foundation. Uh, and you can reach us uh, on our website, DoloresHuerta.org. Uh, okay, now comes the question that I'm going to ask you, and as I said, I know you know the answer. And the question is very simple. I'm going to ask you, who's got the power? And but, okay, don't don't answer yet. <laughs> so I want you to shout out very very loud. We've got the power. And when I when I ask what kind of power, I want you to say feminist power. All right, can we do that? But we have to shout this so loud so all of the misogynists, <laughs> the homophobes. The racists, okay, all of those people, all the haters out there, so that they can hear, so they can hear our voices, and so that they know that we are present, and we're going to relate, we're going to erase the apathy. We're going to erase the apathy that we have in our society because, unfortunately, we know that in the last election, more people didn't vote that voted. So that means that we've got to get out there. We've got to put on our sneakers. We've got to go out there and knock on doors. We've got to do the phone banking. We've got to do the heavy lifting to make sure that we can create a just society, especially for women in our United States of America. Okay, so here goes the question, all right? Okay, here goes the question, okay? Who's got the power? Uh, I think some people aren't sure. So let's do, let's do it one more time, okay? I know it's close to lunch. People are probably hungry, uh, but I think we can, we can make this happen. Very, very loud, as loud as you can. Remember, when you have an education, your voice gets louder, not softer. Louder, not softer. Okay, let's go. Who's got the power? What kind of power? All right, are we going to go out there and campaign, organize, mobilize, get people to come out there and vote? What do we say? ¿Se puede? Sí. Okay, okay, let's all do it with an organized hand club. Everybody together, let's go. Si se puede. 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 Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Let's go win. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Gives me the chills. Welcome back to Full Circle here at the Pacifica Mothership, KPFA.
right here in occupied Huchin, a.k.a. Berkeley. That was farm worker rights activist Dolores Huerta speaking at the She the People Summit in San Francisco just yesterday. And you can see that at 88 years young, she's still going strong, very inspiring and, and uplifting. She still has that fire in her words. And you can find that that, that particular Dolores speech on YouTube, uh, along with all the speakers from the She the People Women's Summit from yesterday. Just do a search there. And also we will have a link to the videos on our website at kpfaapprentice.org. And we want to send a big shout out uh, to Upfront producer Kareen Smith and the engineering department for getting the Sheet of People Women's Summit broadcast live on the KPFA airwaves. Great job. Um, it is important for us here at KPFA and Pacifica Radio to share the voices that create understanding, encourage dialogue, and help facilitate peace. And to again quote our mission statement, which reads in part, to engage in any activity that shall contribute to a lasting understanding between nations and between individuals of all nations, races, creeds, and colors. Um, to gather and disseminate information on the causes of conflict between any and all such groups. If you can support KPFA and the Pacific Commission, please make a donation at this time. Also, don't forget when you donate during the hour of Full Circle, you not only show your support for KPFA, but also for the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. That's KPFA's premier broadcasting training program that has bring has been bringing women and people of color into KPFA and into the broadcasting profession for the last 33 years. We've worked on broadcasts here at the apprenticeship program, like the annual radio and um, with collective radio shows, like the annual Radio Free Alcatraz broadcasts every Indigenous People's Day. Um, And we and also on, on Thanksgiving Day. We have brought you video streams and broadcasts like Block the Boat, the March for Real Climate Leadership, the Iraq Veterans Against the War Roundtable Discussion of War and Peace, a live fundraiser punk show (laughs) from the historic 924 Gilman in North Berkeley. We went to Creech Air Force Base in the Nevada desert for the shutdown Creech demonstration to stop drone warfare. All that, and we've also facilitated broadcasts from the Occupy Oakland encampments. I personally wrangled Michael Moore to an interview with Davey D live on the air from Oscar Grant Plaza. And how did I, how did we learn to do all this and bring this to the KPFA airwaves? Through the training received as part of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. That's how. Please show your support for this gem of a program and this radio station that help makes it possible. The number to call is 1-800-439-5732. Again, that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Give us a call and help us reach our goal of $1,000. If you would like to donate online, go to kpfa.org. And we're still looking for a little bit more on our match. We're about halfway there to our $260 match. And before we go any further, let me give a big apprentice shout out. Um, Speaking of this great program, the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, we just had a graduation of the 42nd group of apprentices. Congratulations, Fortitude. Yeah, I see a couple of them over there. There's Darlene. Um, So congratulations, Kat, Darlene, and Lauda. The graduation ceremony was held last weekend at the North Berkeley Senior Center. And this last graduation wouldn't have been as glorious if, if it if it wasn't for all of our generous food donations we received from local businesses, those include Chaya, Cheese Board, 
Pizza Collective and Flying Falafel. All of these are on Shattuck Avenue right here in Berkeley. Also, a big thank you to Manja Manja, Picante Coquina, and Semi Freddy's Bakery. Also, another shout-out goes to Renee Asteria, who provided the musical entertainment for our friends and family who attended the graduation. You can find her music on SoundCloud. Just search for Razteria. That's R-A-Z-T-E-R-I-A. And just to make it easy, we will have a link on our website. That's kpfaapprentice.org. And finally, we would like to thank Fast Image Print Shop for the printing of our beautiful certificates and the programs. A big thanks to you all. Oh, also, um, let's not forget Barbara Howard, who is the organizer of the West Berkeley Juneteenth and many other events. She was our featured keynote speaker, and she gave a really beautiful speech. And I was really, um, I really admired the way she brought in the ancestors at the beginning of our ceremony. It was great. Uh, we also have another donation. Thank you, San Francisco. Woo. Has, someone has become a sustainer. Thank you very much. That's going to help us out in the long run. So um, we're getting down to our last six minutes of the program and before we uh, try to raise some more funds Sarah has been um, so moved by Dolores Suerta Sarah my uh, co-host here and also graduate apprentice that she has wrote a poem and we're going to give her the moment to read this poem Um, Sarah go ahead and let's hear that poem (laughs) well thinking about Dolores Suerta um, I credit her and many others with really helping solidify my pride for farm laborers and my family who worked in the fields And I wrote this in 2007. Our trunk was always full of fruit crates whenever we went to visit family in Kern County. I know they worked in the blazing sun with only handkerchiefs and truckers' hats as protection. And even that protection was from the heat. Nothing, of course, could protect them from the crop dusters. As a child, I thought they were UFOs flying suspiciously low to the ground. Once I came to visit the Leno and McFarlane, I never wanted to leave. I got to eat more banana paletas than any five-year-old should. I couldn't stay outside by myself or at all sometimes because my mother said it was too dusty outside, too hot to breathe. Each night, though, I would stay up later and later so that I could watch my mom and my tia bebe play pennies, also known as Tripoli. I wanted to see who would win the game. Pennies were really money then. My aunt smoked cigarettes more than my mother liked, and her husband drank more than my father liked. My aunt had been long retired, and I'll never forget her backyard. It was a maze of plants, trees, and bird cages. To them, it was their home garden, their medicine cabinet, and their source of fruits and vegetables. This town I loved so much is the town where childhood cancer clusters were documented in the children of farm workers, bringing home poison on their clothes to their families when they toiled all day the American dream. So yes, Dolores Suerta inspires me. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Thank you, Sarah. That was a beautiful poem. And I remember when we all went down, we got Gavilan just jumped in the room too. When we all went down to Delano, I got to meet some of your family and uh, it was a great time down there. And uh, the the uh, strike um, anniversary was a great time too. And you heard the speech earlier in our show. We got just a few more minutes. Let's give out the number real quick. one 800 439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. You can get Dolores the film, activist, rebel activist, feminist mother. That's $130. You can also get the USB drive, the Dolores Huerta audio course collection. That's 120 But if you can afford it, you can get the 
DVD and the USB for $240. Give us a call if you can. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And don't forget, kpfa.org. Miguel, we got you in here for a couple minutes. And I know you were on Flashpoints earlier. You have some experience um, working with um, Dolores Huerta. What was that like? We have just a couple minutes here. Um, just a privilege, uh, an honor, um, an inspiration. Uh, I view her as the grandmother, la abuela, of the Chicano A consciousness and movement. Um, if all anybody out there was touched by Dolores, we need you to go to your phones right now. I, as an escaped, I always consider myself, I escaped because of my, my own mother's sacrifices, the fields of misery. And it was through Dolores and Cesar and many, many people that have bettered the conditions of farm workers. But even today, the farm workers are still struggling. But they've also been an incredible training ground for young women. And we see the leadership of women uh, still strong, uh, keeping that tradition of Dolores and what she brought into the union. A new, newly uh, uh, elected president that was just uh, coming to, uh, stepped up into the farm workers' position as president, Teresa Romero. We're going to be yes. working with them. And again, it's an empowering thing, not just for women, young Latinas, young Chicanas, young indigenous women, but also for the rest of us. That uh, here's somebody that really brought the whole consciousness of environmental cleansiness and safety to our lives. We need you to go to your phones right now up in Sonoma County, Napa County, Mendocino County, down in Salinas Valley, those agricultural zones. Those, uh, we need you to go to your phones and help support and the continuance, vigilance of the farm workers into our safe uh, food source and keeping the rivers and the dirt free of pollution and contamination. Let me give out the number. Thank you, Miguel. 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. You can also go to kpfa.org. Um, this has been Full Circle tonight. Big shout out to Aria on the controls. Also a big shout out to Darlene in there, Mari, Kendall, Miss M. Thank you, everybody. Sharon is- Peterson for all her technical work. And Sharon Peterson, who's always behind the scenes. Thank you very much, Sharon Peterson. It's just coming up to 8 o'clock. Stay tuned now. Coming up next is La Onda Bajita. Stay tuned. Yes, yes.